Mackey. It was really? a character called Kilroy Stonekin. Um, and when you do a quest with him, he just always runs on ahead of you and pulls all the enemies onto himself, going, Kill Roy Stonekid! When you press into rooms. I was like, man, that's cool. I like how, like, because I guess you can take it, because it's not like it's IP or anything. They're not taking anything from Blizzard, they're taking a viral video that yeah. happened to be in a Blizzard game. But oh, it's absolutely. like, yeah, so. Do Blizzard, do Blizzard, like, do they. How do they do they enforce their IP and shit like really rigorous really? Are they one of those kind of I, things? They... I think not, but also I think so. So I think they're not but if you want to use their stuff you can use it. But I think they in in terms of enforcement they are always on top of it. Like if you want to use it, they will contact you, they will ensure you're aware of what they consider fair use and of mm. what they how they expect their IP to be treated within what you're doing, kind of thing. All right, we better uh, we better kick into things. <laughs> we better actually do the podcast, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the Overcast Gamer Show. You're joined by me, as always. My name is Abe Foster. I'm also joined by Regan Harper. And a less excited bounce. I'm not excited. Just you know. <laughs> Not going to pump my name out. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, uh, as per usual, everyone. And yeah, we've got some we've got some good stuff again this week. We've got uh, what we've been playing. Uh, we've got another iteration of Seven Days and Up to, but not exceeding another Seven Days. Which I'm excited for that. But I feel like that was one of definitely one of the highlights of my podcast career so far. So, oh, excellent! I, I, I've had a blast being uh, Quizmaster as well. <laughs> um, but um, I think we're also looking at uh, bringing some other games into into the mix. Um, so I'm also looking forward to maybe being a contestant at some point. Oh, yes. Uh, yes yeah, so you're well keen on that. Um, but, Regan, what what have you been doing, man? You'll be buying everything under the sun, have you? Uh, it's, it's getting out of hand, and I thought I'd just add this in here just as a sort of a, you know, a thing for us to chat about because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who have been in the same boat, but maybe it's just off the back of, off the back of me recently buying a PC, um, and then suddenly being opened up to the whole world of kind of like cheap games that you can just buy online, yeah. CDs, Steam sales, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And also the fact that like I use a credit card for it, but I've just been buying so many games. Like I'm building myself into a corner where like I've bought games that I'll play for like 10 minutes and go, no. Nah. It's like, <laughs> that, oh, you know the episode of The Simpsons where, uh, where Bart and Milhouse get locked in that mall overnight? Oh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. They end up in the candy store, and Bart's, like, chewing on... <laughs> he's got, like, chewing gum, oh, and he's putting it in his mouth. Flavor's going, gone. Yeah, flavor's gone. <laughs> flavor's gone. <laughs> it's like that, but with games. Oh, so, man. Like, like, for example, I bought Civilization Five the other day for, like, yeah. $4 or something off Steam. Historically, a game wherein one session of that would take you up to, like, 40 hours. Yeah, yeah, and, and I didn't understand that, and I was like, oh, <laughs> just get it. Just to sort of see what it's like, you know. And I started the <laughs> started just like the tutorial game, and it just went on and on and on. <laughs> I didn't even I don't like the, you get through to like the space age or whatever from I don't know you know pre prehistorical times. Mm. And I'd played maybe, maybe like four or five hours of this game, and I wasn't even to like the second age. <laughs> wasn't it? And, and this is coming off the bat of like I had in my mind for some reason that it was going to be like. Age of Empires or something. Yeah. It's like a quick match, takes maybe like half an hour or something, and you've got a victor. And I, yeah, ah, oh, man. But anyway, the point is, too what, many games. So um, what What? What are these other, where have you been purchasing these games, Regan? Steam? Steam mostly. 
Steam mostly. Um, Have you? Or you now you mentioned Steam keys. I'm worried that you've been visiting some uh, <laughs> possibly <laughs> illegitimate websites. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, <clears throat> I've had a couple Steam keys, but they yep. were for like Doom that I bought as a physical copy, which I think I talked about this last time, where I ended up actually having to download 50 gigabytes twice. <clears throat> uh, but to be fair, I had to download <clears throat> again because of a fuck up on my own part. Right, um, but no, no, no. Uh, so I just say Steam keys to to make it clear. But um, yeah, mostly Steam. Couple off GOG. Oh, nice. Which yeah, is, yeah, which is good. Um, yep. but it's just too accessible. Oh, and then and then like it's starting to cross over into my PlayStation gaming as well because yeah. ooh, that's going to get pricey. Right. Uh, I saw on I uh, I saw on the I just opened up the PlayStation store because I hadn't turned my PS4 on for fucking ages. Mm-hmm. I opened up the PlayStation store and there was <clears throat> a Ubisoft set sale. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say that too loudly. There was a Ubisoft sale because it was like an anniversary or something. Yeah. And uh, and so Far Cry Primal was on special for next to nothing. And I bought that. <laughs> you don't want to reveal how much <laughs> it was, do you? <laughs> oh, it was like 30 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I feel is like okay. That's pretty good for a game released in this year. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, have you guys ever found yourself in a similar position? Yeah. 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 At one point, I was addicted to Humble Bundles. (laughs) Every time a new Humble Bundle came out, I bought it for the minimum price that you could get everything for. (laughs) So, you know how they have tiers where it's like spend over this amount and get these as well. So I'd spend the minimum amount I could to make sure I got everything in the bundle. Mm. And I'd do that every month when a new bundle came out. And it filled up my Steam library quickly. And I, like, no, not played any. (laughs) Pretty much, you know, every now and again there'll be one where... So what got me into it was initially there was a bundle which had a lot of games I wanted. Mm. Um, So it had, like, Bastion, I had Sword and Sorcery. um, Yeah, it just had a few games in it. that I was like, oh, I'm quite keen for those. Um, And after that, I just thought, well... It's cheap, and you get a lot of games. And it's one cheap. day I may hear something really good about one of the games I just happen to have gotten from one of them, and so I want to give it a go. Um, <laughs> like, for example, I, Shadow Warrior was in one of the ones I got, and oh, I yeah. played that a while back, just on a whim. I just saw it there, and I was like, I'll give it a go, and I really enjoyed that game. So, yeah, that filled out my library quickly. And it's a similar thing. Chris, you haven't had a summer sale or Christmas sale no, yet. Exactly. That's, 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 that's what I was going to mention, man. Yeah, Brigham, you're, you're unaware of the cycle of self-loathing that comes with Steam and the summer sales. That's one of the things. is You you probably won't understand this, Abe, not having a PC yet. Um, you'll hear the price and you'll think that's not bad at all. Um, but it's bad just considering the volume you get is I would probably spend about $100 in the summer sale and in the Christmas sale. And you hear that and think, that's standard New Zealand retail price for one game. But it's just the sheer quantity of games I'm getting. Yeah. And the quality of the games I'm getting being so low. Like, I would get, like, <laughs> 60 games in that sale. Oh, and I'd man. maybe only spend $100, but I'd get so many games that I'd never touch. And I'd be like, I shouldn't yeah. have spent $100. <laughs> I, the games I actually wanted were, like, $8 or lot for the five of them kind of thing. The rest were just, I can't pass this up. It's 40 cents. Yeah. How could I not get a game for four? I got a game last year for 40 cents. And it was so good, but so bad. It was a open world... Minecraft-esque game with dinosaurs. Um, 40 cents. 40 cents, yeah. So I have no <laughs> idea what it's called. I can find it later in my library. <laughs> I, I've actually been partaking in this for a couple of years. I may not have a PC, but I've been stocking up future investments. 
Um, oh. So every summer sale or Christmas sale or what have you, I'll, I'll go in and I'll yeah, probably spend about 50 bucks on games or something and just add them to my library. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Fallout pack. I can play Fallout when I have a you know a computer that can actually run Super Meat Boy without frame rate issues. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've been partaking. I know all too well the cycle of that's so cheap, let me buy it, and then you never even remember it's in your library. Yeah, I'm okay with it though. Like in some ways, it, it, the funny thing is, like it's it, it it's forcing me to draw comparisons with other other real world purchases. Like for example, I recently finished a book that I was reading, and I thought to myself, well, maybe it's time to kind of go out and buy like an e-reader, so I'm not spending you know thirty dollars per book that I buy. Yeah. Um, and I went down to you know Harvey Norman or whatever, insert miscellaneous retailer here. Um went in there and like the cheapest e-reader was like $160 or so and I said to myself ah oh, that's it's a bit steep for you know for what is kind of a hunk yeah. of plastic that shows words on a screen sort of thing and they feel e-readers feel a little bit cheap so I was like nah I'll have to think about it and I'll come back to this but then I walked out of the store and I walked past the JB Hi-Fi game mm. area and I said yeah. to myself man like I would gladly go in there and spend a hundred $110 on a new game that's just come out that I'm really pumped for. <coughs> yeah. Like, but it just, it totally skews your perception of like how much money. That, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I consider e-readers weird, uh, a weird commodity in this day anyway, since everyone has a smartphone and every smartphone has an, has a book. Yeah, reading a whole fucking book off your smartphone? Like, I, yeah, I've, I've read books. Oh, actually, no, that's a lie on my iPad. I read them on my iPad. Yeah, so yeah well, e-readers e have that technology, much. that e-ink, right, which doesn't hurt your eyes when you look at it. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've had, uh, like, my girlfriend, she reads all her books on, on a tablet. Mm. And, and you can honestly get a tablet for the same price as an yeah. e-reader kind of thing. And you're a lot more than just read books. Yeah, 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 well, and so there's an argument there, but it's kind of like, yeah, do I, will I really use a tablet? And I think the answer sure. is no. But, um, it depends on how often you're reading, I guess. Because if your concern is eye strain, I do read on my phone, on the bus and stuff, and that's it. Like, it's sort of 20-minute bursts. Mm -hmm. And so I get no eye strain in that period of time. Yeah, and I just guess reading the other on my thing phone. is, like, I think all three of us generally spend our entire days on computers anyway. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Probably shouldn't be something I'm that worried about, but... Yeah, but there you go. I mean, it's lots of games bought for no real reason, and I'm getting to the point now where I just don't have the time to actually play them. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of kicking off a, a, a kind of an emotional sort of uh, conflict within me. But um, Welcome to the world of PC gaming, Rudy. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, be your, uh, I'll be your guide, the guy who doesn't have a PC. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be my Jiminy Cricket. And, that's uh, the one. Yeah, and we'll be, we'll be good. Be right but, uh, other than that, it's been fantastic. I'm, I must say, I'm enjoying being part of the master PC master race. So. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Balthazar, you've had a medal as fuck fortnight, man. What have you been playing? Well, that's uh, I think it's up for you guys to try and work out. Really? Um, oh, we're trying to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, so I have. Uh, what I've been playing this fortnight has been medal as fuck inadvertently, really. Um, so we couldn't guess and say, oh, it's Doom. You could, pretty but that's not what it, I mean, I, listen, I was listening to the Doom soundtrack, so, you know, that can contribute to it, definitely. Have you been playing Tim Schafer's Brutal Legend? I, I have not, no. Oh, um, not this fortnight. Um, <laughs> so, so, I will, I, I'll just kick into, I think one of them you can probably guess anyway, it is a, uh, it is a game 
uh, or an add-on to a game that just came out um, last week before last, um, and that is Rise of Iron for Destiny. Oh, right, I see. Um, and that... It's it's fun. Um, I mean, I talked a fair bit about Destiny back when Taken King came out and how it had, you know, somewhat been redeemed um, yeah. and how it was a, a good game now. And with Rise of Iron added onto it as well, it's kind of... It's reached a point now where I could actually recommend the game to people. There's enough content in it that, that buying it for the retail price, I think it's $80 or whatever for the collection, which includes everything that's been released for it, um... Is is a you know it's a good deal now. It's actually mm-hmm. an, a decent amount of content for what you're paying for, and I right. think that was always the complaint with Destiny. I mean, aside from people buying it not realizing that it was an MMO, um, that you know you were just grinding for better gear, sort of thing. Um, the main complaint was just the lack of content, and the content is there now. So I I've had a lot of fun with it. This latest expansion is is pretty fucking metal. Um, you you. <laughs> are effectively fighting against a virus, uh, or you're fighting against a race who have used a virus to perfect things. So this virus will uh, infect its host and kind of improve it. It will overwrite things to get rid of imperfections. Um, But they've also been using it to amalgamate with their vehicles and stuff. So a lot of the architecture and vehicles being used in this latest expansion look like someone just took existing things from the game and then listened to an ACDC album and just slapped shit on them. (laughs) Um, They're covered in all kinds of, like, gothic and hellscape-style, you know, structures growing out of them and things like that. Yep. Um, And, I mean, you fucking run at them with a giant axe made out of fire uh, (laughs) and just just cut them down. The the new armors uh, can be upgraded to just become kind of black metal with furnaces. They look like coal furnaces, pretty much, when you upgrade them. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a pretty fucking metal expansion to a game, really. Um, And they uh, remade one of the dungeons with a new enemy at the end of it as the final boss, and redid its music with a heavy metal soundtrack as well. Um, Uh, This this makes me really want to play it, but I'm I'm just so morally (laughs) adverse to Destiny. Yeah, and and you'd have to go through all of the old stuff to get to this as well. Um, But no, it it is really cool. and I've been having a lot of fun with it. I actually just finished up a heroic strike before we started this podcast. Um, so I've been playing a couple of couple of strikes or dungeons a day in it, and it's a lot of fun. So this is the fourth expansion, is it? Uh, it's the second expansion, but it's the fourth add-on content that's come out. I'm pretty sure the, the first two things that came out weren't called expansions. They were just called add-ons because they were too uh. small to be an expansion right you know it was like a mission here or there this is the second kind of full expansion that's new maps new areas a new kind of hub town what well, um, sort of the thing that strikes me about destiny because i haven't played it at all is you know how do you kind of reconcile that whole first person shooter type thing with being an mmo like what kind of quests and content are there because you know hey go and kill these guys sweet done next mm. quest hey that's kind of what I'm imagining. Like, is there much variation to the so, quests? So, yeah, I mean, the quests, it depends. So, there's quests are really only the story. And when the story's done, you have something called patrols, which is its way of kind of doing never-ending questing. Right. Um, so, the story itself, it's very classic FPS campaign. It's not very traditional 
you know, RPG questing. It is like epic world ending thing. You're going through a series of missions oh, and yeah. cutscenes and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's just playing heavily on the action first person shooter element. Um, when that's done, you get into the the MMO aspect, if you will, which is the kind of you're just grinding, doing these never ending quests and these strikes and things to get better gear so that you're stronger, so you can get into higher level stuff and raids and things like that. And the questing is stuff like yeah, every now and again it might be it might be a kill one, and it's like cleanse this area, and you have to get like forty kills in an area or yeah. something. Um, and then you might get one that is a collection one, sort of be like go and find ten of this material, uh, and materials grow throughout the oh, yeah. the map. So, so you kind of run that, around that and hunt for them and collect them. Just kind of MMO. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you can have stuff like uh, new ones added. I think quarantine, which is where you kill a specific enemy in an area who is kind of like a boss type thing, and then when you've killed him, you piss off the faction that he's a part of, so that drop ships come in and drop off a shitload more, and then to even the odds, you get a fiery axe again, and you carve <laughs> through things. There's a fiery axe, um, kind of like the chainsaw of destiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, the, it is It is very traditional MMO quest thrown in as the perpetual quest, so they never run out. Like, as mm. you explore, you just find more all over the place forever kind of thing to make sure that you've always got these things to do to try and get better gear or money or whatever. Um, so the meat of it is the, the strikes, which are dungeons, and the raids, um, and the PvP. I mean, even if, if that stuff's not for you, but you just enjoy a competitive online shooter, the PvP scene is really healthy in Destiny. A lot of people always in it, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a PlayStation-accessible Halo, really, the multiplayer. Right. Um, it feels, I mean, being Bungie, it feels very Halo. So mm. that's always fun. A lot of what I do is when the new expansions come out, yeah, I'll play the PvE stuff for a month or so, and then I'll just settle into booting it up every now and again to do some PvP because it just is one of the more fun trip, like, yeah, FPS And, I mean, it sucks that it's on PlayStation in a way because I have, <laughs> I've developed standards over this year, and so the 30 FPS is, like, not great for a competitive online shooter. Yeah. Um, but... I can overlook it, really, at the moment, I think, just because I'm finding it hard to find anything to play on the PlayStation at all anymore, um, so it is at least giving me something, so mm. I'm happy to overlook that it's, yeah. All right, well, uh, that sounds pretty good, so you'd recommend uh, Rise of Iron? I would, yeah, yeah. I would. Um, right. Anyone who likes a good FPS, I'd say it is now. It's a good FPS. <laughs> it's, at, it's at where it should have been. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. at the point it should have been at three years ago when it launched. <laughs> right, um, right. So, yeah, if if you never gave it a go because you were smart and waited for reviews before purchasing it and saw the reviews and saw, oh, God, this is awful, I'm not getting it, it's now at the point where if you were originally interested in Destiny before the reviews came out, it's now the game that you were originally promised. Mm. So you could pick it up now and, and have a lot of fun with it. Pick it up, maybe pick it up secondhand, you know, just so you don't get counted towards uh, statistics. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds very good. I've I've been uh, I had a slightly less inspired trip uh, to Deutschland um, over this last fortnight. Any any of you guys want to take a gander at what that might be? Uh, honestly, I I have no idea. Mm. Deutschland, Deutschland. Uh, no, no, no ideas. No. Well, I'm pretty sure you both played it. It's uh, the old blood. Oh it's, right, uh, oh, of course, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So I've, I've been jamming that out, and I, I finished that over the last fortnight. Um, really, really enjoy. I just love going back to that world. I 
every time I play Wolfenstein, I'm like, man, this is such a good game. It's so fun. It's so interesting. The the sort of um, character design and art design is really, really cool. Like the mechs and stuff they give to people and the big robot dogs and stuff like that. Um, the only issues I have with it is that it's quite stealthy, um, and that's not really what I wanted from Wolfenstein. Like, the new order was great because you could play stealthy, you could go and run, you know, run and gun kind of thing, which is what I want to do when I'm BJ Blazkowicz and just go and scalp Nazis and blow the shit out of them. Well, that's kind um, of the idea behind the game, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Zombie it killer simulator. So... Old Blood actually forces you to be stealthy. Um, for, there's some sections with these big mech guys who are powered by electricity and you have to turn off these switches to, to stop them moving and then go up and me- melee them. Yep. Um, so you actually have to be stealthy for like probably a good third of the game is, is stealthy. Um, and I wasn't a fan of that. It just made me feel like I wasn't. this wasn't Wolfenstein. This, is, this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing um, in this sort of game. But around that, like excluding those parts, the game's really, really good. Um, there is a part where things get a bit more fantastical. I mean, it's pretty fantastical anyway when you go to the moon in the first game. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't really fault it for that. Uh, but it does get a bit stupid. <laughs> I struggle to, to not reveal what, what happens, but I was just like, oh yeah, we're going here, are we? And, uh, and, and that was sort of the last part of the game. But um, no, it's still really good. Like mechanically, so so solid. A really good story. Um, a decent length. I think it was probably like six hours or something, five hours maybe. Mm. Um, hi- highly recommend for anyone to pick up. I got it for ten dollars off PlayStation Store this week. Um, so it was discounted, and I was like, "Yep, I'll, I'll pick that shit up." I remember my experience with that game. <clears throat> other than like quite enjoying the game, was at the start of it, they drop you into that room where there's just wave after wave after wave of guys coming at you. Yeah, 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 they do. Um, they they chuck you in the deep end. I think it's because it's supposed to be played probably directly after you finish the new order. Yeah, and uh, that really caught me off guard. It took mm. me a while to get through that bit, and I was thinking to myself, man, am I just like, am I shit at games? Like, is, this, <laughs> yeah. can I, is there a reason I just can't get past this? I had to kind of look it up and be like, you know, am I am I meant to run through a door and run away from the scene or like yeah. or something like that? But no, you've got to just like go on a big rampage, and, and it took me a while to get past that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that that was kind of my big per- pervading memory of that game was like, man, this really really hard part right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's their way of being like, yep. So um, you're back in this world, and uh, you know everything's gone to hell. Get yourself ready for some more, <laughs> some more. You know, just crazy, relentless Nazi killing action. <laughs> Do you think that having played Doom before playing Old Blood? altered your perception of old blood at all um i wouldn't say so doom never really sprung to mind when i was playing it um i played doom quite a while ago now as well mm. i played quite a few things in between that and, and old blood um yeah i would say not i mean uh, the only connection i would i would would have made was that you know they're both um uh published by bethesda kind of thing and that's that's about it um, oh, okay yeah, I would have made the connection with the zombies and demons, but you know. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was I, I I enjoyed Old Blood a lot at the time that I played it, um, and I was wondering if like I since I did play Old Blood before Doom, because I played it when it came out. Yeah, and having played Doom, which was you know Doom, a modern version of Doom, not a yeah. shitty modern FPS remake of it, but actually Doom. Um, just as Wolfenstein was actually Wolfenstein, 
if being given a real doom would make old blood, which felt like it was Wolfenstein being taken in a doom direction, um, would have been less, you know, less enjoyable as having already played doom. But if that's not the case, that's great to hear. Because, yeah, I did really enjoy it, except for the final boss fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to avoid saying it before, but yeah, there are zombies. There's zombies in this version it's of the selling of point of old blood. It's not a spoiler. It's on the back of the case. Like it's oh, okay. the selling point. It's the point of difference between New Order and Old Blood. Is that Old Blood is zombies? So. Oh right, I did. I didn't read up anything about it before oh, okay. I bought. <laughs> okay, more Wolfenstein. Awesome. Um, okay, that, that's interesting because yeah, the zombies just kind of pissed me off because I get so much more satisfaction blowing the shit out of real... Normal Nazis. Normal Nazis, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and zombies, I was just like, oh, more zombies? I'm so sick of zombies and everything. It's, mm. it's just it's such a pain in the ass. I mean, they weren't that... They were not fun to kill, but um, it was a lot more satisfying going up and, you know, shanking a, a dude in the throat or blowing up, blowing the side of him off so you can see his ribs and his organs. That game is gruesome, man. I took some screenshots of that, and there's a bit where, like, in... You just walk into a room and there's a body with like this piece of wood just impaled up through his chin and going up the top of his head and there's like brain on the side of the bit of wood. It's that's grim. That's really grim. But yeah, loved it. Loved it. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is a very different game to Wolfenstein. Um, it's an indie game and it's a, uh, it's about two hours long and it's called Virginia. Have you guys heard of this? I have heard of it. It's uh, like a walking simulator type thing, right? It, essentially, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I, I like that term because it's, it's, it rings like a pejorative, and I quite like walking simulators. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a bit backhanded, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, like uh, adult fiction, I don't know, so anything else but walking simulator. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot more there than just walking. Like, <laughs> I feel like if we w- work the word kind of experience in there, that might kind of redeem it a little bit. <laughs> Experience so, and content. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> put, put them all in there. But yeah, it's, it's pretty... A, it's kind of like a crime drama type thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's very reminiscent of 90s uh, kind of crime crime drama soap opera things, kind of like The X-Files or Twin Peaks, um, if you guys ever dabbled in either of those. So it's, it's kind of supernaturally, um, very somber mood kind of thing, very minimal, um, odd just an odd sort of feel to it. Like, you never really know what's going on, what's quite going on. It's quite dreamy. It's sort of, uh, it's got a surreality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Virginia that's really, really interesting that I've never seen in a game before, um, and it's probably been done, it's just I've never encountered something like this, is that it's so cinematic that it plays like a movie wherein there's actual cuts whilst you're playing the game. So you'll be walking along a corridor and you'll reach a certain point, and obviously there's a there's an invisible line where you cross, and it'll just suddenly cut, and you'll be in a car talking to... Oh, actually, there's no talking in the entire game. You'll be in the car um, with someone looking at a case file or something like that. So there's actually edits in the game, which is pretty interesting. It makes makes it, like, that's that's what sort of stands out, uh, you know, from this separates this game from others for me, mm. is that sort of editing style. Um and yeah, it's just, it's mostly a narrative experience, but there are, you know, you walk around and collect some things and try and figure out who's who and what the hell's going on and why there's a buffalo in your room. Um, <laughs> so there's, um, there's elements of sort of quite surrealism sort of stuff in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah there definitely is. And there's also another thing that I, I haven't actually looked up. It has a weird, like, at first I thought it was a frame rate issue. I was like, oh, all right, here we go, another Unity game with frame rate issues. What's new? <laughs> And um, 
And you know, it's it's strange because it's kind of like a dragging. It, it, you turn with the with the right stick and look around using your you know what would be your head, and it's kind of like a motion blur. So I don't think it's a frame rate issue. I think it's just an effect that they've gone for to to give it that sort of dreamy feeling. Mm. Um, but it is it is it doesn't make for the greatest game playing experience where there's sort of like it feels like there's a weird bit of input lag or something. Mm. Um, so yeah, not not a, not a huge fan of that part. But I mean, overall. Uh, it's it's pretty damn good and it's pretty really interesting. It's got an art style similar to uh, The Witness. Um, oh, yeah, sort of like very, cel-shaded kind of thing. Yeah, 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 cel-shaded, very minimal. Like, all the people almost look like Picasso paintings. They're sort of made up of um, isometric shapes and things like yeah. that. How does it work with the lack of dialogue? Is it just, is it, I mean, do they, how do they kind of get around that and work with that that kind of idea? It's it's just sort of uh, body language of characters, and it's more about it's more a mood piece than anything, really. Mm. It's it's not it doesn't really need anyone to talk because you just you just see what characters think of you as you progress by how they sort of um, you know how their body language um, addresses you kind of thing, and you don't really need dialogue or exposition because it's just sort of this waking dream that you're going through. Oh, yeah, and you're not yeah. sort of forced to kind of make guesses about, well, I guess you'd, you'd sort of have to in a way, like make guesses around actually what's going on and, and that kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely that element of mystery in there. Um, you know, that's quite predominant, actually. But as as things wear on, uh, you know, things do get revealed to you. It's not left that ambiguous, although it does get pretty weird. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there's definitely a story in there that you can that you can glean from it. Um, but it is predominantly meant to be, you know, you making assumptions uh, of people's motivations and things like that due to the environments you're presented in, be it for 15 seconds or, or a couple of minutes or whatever. What kind of money did you spend on it? Uh, I picked that one up for $16. Oh, so not, not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it's only like two hours long. So it's probably, I wouldn't pay much more than that for it. Yeah. Um, but when I see something under twenty bucks on the PlayStation Store that you know that that I want to play, it's hard for me not to grab it. Like mm. that, that's that's nothing. That's nothing for a game. I don't care. I don't pay fifteen bucks for pretty much anything. So yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's I mean it's comes back to what we we're talking about earlier, right? Where it's like you know if it's if it's a decent enough price and you're just kind of into it, then you're just going to go for it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There's no reason not to. I mean, we're we're all probably pretty lucky because we've all got all got you know pretty good jobs and we've got this disposable income that we can just do with as we please. Um, it might be different for, for people who don't have that sort of money to just throw around on stupid things. Um, but, yeah. Games are not stupid. <laughs> They're an important part of the world. That is, that is true. That is, I probably offended <laughs> all of our listeners with that comment. Uh, Regan, you have been substituting your reality for other worlds, man. Yeah, yeah. Is this a uh, Final Fantasy fourteen by any chance? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's been, um, I mean, I've already mentioned, well, mentioned one of the games quickly that I've been playing, but um, I mean, I guess my idea behind introing this kind of portion of the podcast with that is that lately, just like, especially this last week, and this is where games are beautiful, um, especially this last week has been just like full on at my day job. Um, we've had like sickness and all this kind of thing, and it's kind of fallen to me to do like four people's people's jobs basically. Right. Um, but so aside from that, um, you know, you get home in the evening, and what's better than just kind of having a, like a big open world 
to just kind of sink yourself into and you know grab a beer sit down and just kind of and just go for it um and so far over this last week the the two games i've been playing were yeah final fantasy 14 um and i think i remember mentioning this to, to balthazar as well on uh and just one of our, our chats um it's a really kind of relaxing game mm. um it's not too frantic like you know it's not the kind of thing you're not relying on twitch reflexes or anything like that so you're not kind of on the edge of your seat with something like doom you know something with doom it's quite stressful <laughs> right oh, doom's incredibly stressful yeah um you get through one of those kind of areas and your heart's going going a million you know miles an hour yeah but, um so yeah just been kind of sinking myself into into things like yeah final fantasy and um and far cry primal as well um which yeah, I got for about 30 bucks and was kind of like, oh, it is going to be what it is. You know, like it's just another far, far Cry, but just with a different sort of scene. Yeah. Um, and I decided what, you know, the one I did, thing I did with, with that game was um, I thought to myself, you know, maybe it could be quite cool if I sort of just crank the difficulty as high as I can. Because if it's, you know, if you're set, if it's setting the stage as you being kind of out in the wilderness and fighting for survival, that kind of thing, you don't want it to be too easy. No, no. You know, you don't want it to be just a walk in the park where you feel really powerful right up, right from the get-go. Um, so I set the difficulty really highly, um, which proved, I think, I think to be a good call. Um, and things like, you know, you'll just be running through the forest and a badger, a fucking badger, will jump out at you and, like, just take a swipe at your leg and you're dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, which is hilarious. But after a while, you sort of stop and go, actually... I'm gonna to have to treat this kind of like if I had, if it was me, because if I was stuck in the wilderness, I'd be shit. Right. So I've just got to make the assumption that like I'm out and I'm fighting for my survival, and you and you just kind of stop and you slow down, and you're just checking all of your angles as you're walking through the bush, and it becomes a lot more enjoyable because you do actually feel like you're sort of, I guess, having to kind of survive. Right. That's interesting. So you've you've essentially repurposed this game into a survival game. Sort of, but then in saying that, there's a survival mode as well, which is kind of like a hardcore mode. Right. Where um, I think the difficulty is set at its highest. There's no fast travel, and there it's permadeath. So if you die, that's it. You go back. Ah, uh, that sounds like a Fallout's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fallout's like it's hardcore mode kind of thing. Um, which I didn't go for that. I just went on the hardest difficulty because I would have had to start the game like three or four times by now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not quite to that extent, but I think the game works really well on that level. Um, like it probably wouldn't have worked so well with earlier um, Far Cry's because you know you've got guns and you shoot people with guns and and that's kind of it. Like it doesn't have that same sort of feeling of of, of you being out there in the wilderness. Yeah. Whereas this one definitely does. Um, Aside from that, it is just Far Cry. It's kind of Far Cry with a different skin on it. It looks really good, like all the Far Cry games do. Um, but you're working with, you know, you're working with kind of spears and bow and arrows and things instead of instead of guns and and that kind of stuff. Okay. What is really cool actually about it is the uh, the kind of the animal taming side of things. Oh yeah. Um, so you can. You get you've got a skill tree like you always do, and you can do crafting and that kind of thing. But one of the, you know, one of the witch doctors that you come across in your travels um, teaches you to tame animals, and so you can you start by getting a, an owl that you can kind of like 
I guess, possess. You sort of possess the owl and then you can use it to sort of scope out the landscape in front of you, which is quite cool. And um, So you can tag enemies and things with it, can you? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, and you can also tame, like, wolves and bears. And I think even you can get to the point, I think this was one of the big things that people talked about when it first came out, you can get to the point where you can actually, like, ride mammoths and stuff. Like you can That's pretty cool. Ride them into battle, which just sounds ridiculous. Um, but... Yeah, that, that taming side of things is cool, and one of the awesome things about it was that when I first started the game, like you know, like I say, a badger would jump out of a bush and, and kill me in one swipe, but after I managed to tame a wolf, he was kind of, he would keep the bad, he would keep the animals away from me, so like they would run up, and then he, and my wolf would kind of dive in front of them and, and bark at them, and they'd scamper off into the bushes, like, um, so kind of, just some kind of cool mechanics like that, that, that make it, give it enough. I think of a of a difference with the other Far Cry's that it's that it has its own kind of feel. Right, right. And how long has it been since you played Far Cry Four? Oh, a year. Yeah, at least probably. Yeah, at least about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably a good amount of time to jump back into it and not feel like it's rehashing the same crap. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still. A Ubisoft game where you're kind of there's a big map and you are going from point A to point B and you're yep. doing like a you know if it was Assassin's Creed you'd be you'd be taking out a base and climbing up a tower yeah uh, but in Far Cry you take out a base and you you light a big bonfire you know right um, so it's still the the core mechanics are all still there and if, and if it's not something that appeals to you it still won't appeal to you with mm. this um, but for some for some reason it does to me. Uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like, you know, here are all the things that you need to do, and if you go stick at it long enough, you can tick off everything on the list. Like, sometimes that's that's good, um, and I think somehow Far Cry makes it makes it good. But um, yeah, yeah, it's um. Regan coming around on Ubisoft. Uh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, now, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll, see. Um, well uh, uh, there's some interesting Ubisoft stuff that we can talk about a bit later on as well. Um, which sounds uh, relatively exciting. Um, so we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about there, man? Uh, not really. I'd say, no? um, yeah, just those two. And it's been nice to have to, to be able to come home and just kind of get into into some stuff that's a little bit little bit random, a little bit different. Um, yeah, good bit of escapism. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very nice. All right, well, we'll move on to the uh, now infamous segment, seven days and up to, but not exceeding another seven days. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's, uh, let's do a bit of a recap here. So, the points as they stand from last week. Uh, Regan, you're on a total of nine points. Nine. Balthazar, you're leading the pack. Uh, quite considerably on 17 yeah. from the insane guess of 6.3, <laughs> your recall score. Uh, absolutely brilliant. So let me uh, let me get you guys to test out your buzzers there, make sure that's all working. Wow, that was uh, a, a bit of a strange double up. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, sounds like that one no, it can go much, much louder. I just don't <laughs> we don't want to deafen it up too more. I think we're good to go on this side, Ed. Good to go? Mm. All right. Get ready here. So, question one. 
Last week, a new trailer was released for EA's upcoming World War One shooter, Battlefield One. Can you tell me what will separate this campaign from others in terms of structure and storytelling? Balthazar. Um, rather than being a campaign following one kind of soldier through the story, it's going to be broken up into the stories of multiple different people um, in, in multiple sides of the war. Nice one. Yes, that is absolutely correct. With that one, you get uh, one point. I should have said that before. It's worth one point. Um, <laughs> so Battlefield 1 is going to be broken up into a series of mini-narratives following a bunch of different people involved in the war, such as a British tank man and a rebel closely associated with Lawrence of Arabia. Um, so actually sounding pretty interesting. And yeah. uh, I think that would be a really good way to go. Um, yeah, I think the campaign looks relatively promising at this point. Um, as opposed to previous battlefields where I finished the campaign and literally felt nothing. Mm. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's because I guess when you're spreading, you know, you're spreading your yourself like across multiple things. There's always going to be something a little bit different for each of the characters for people to kind of relate to, I suppose. And yeah, yeah, I think so. And if they take it, if they take a valiant heart, hearts route on that thing, um, where that's a very similar thing as well. Um, their narratives kind of intertwined, and I'm sure the battlefield ones probably will as well. Uh, where you, yeah, you're in the shoes of a whole bunch of different people in a whole bunch of different positions in the war. Uh, it was really, really good. Gave you a whole bunch of different viewpoints, and um, yeah, it was, it was it was decent. So be keeping an eye on uh, on Battlefield. All right, question two. Now this one is worth uh, one point as well. Which indie game released in the last year is being adapted into a film? Ooh. Indie game. Into a film, so think of indie games released in the last year. Think of, think of, uh, you know, it's not something that obscure. You'll definitely know it. Hmm. Man, this is bad. We should have checked the news, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyone want to take a guess? Belfazar. No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Infinite movie. Is that, uh, is that an indie game? It is, yeah, that's the problem Ooh. with it. It was told as <laughs> shots fired, but it's indie. So. Shots fired by Regan. Um, Regan. Uh, another complete guess, uh, Insight? No, it's not Insight, although that would make for a pretty interesting film. It'd be, be insane, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would be... I don't know how that would work. Um, you guys, any more guesses you want to you wanna chuck out there? Journey. That wasn't last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't not. know many indie games. Yeah, I, to be honest, man, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm intrigued to know, though. You, you, you'll both probably be pretty surprised then. I thought you might have heard of this, but it's Firewatch. Oh, I did hear of that. Oh. Yeah, so as reported by The Hollywood Reporter, Firewatch developer Campo Santo signed a big deal with the production company to make both films and video games, uh, the first of these being a silver screen adaptation of Firewatch. That's cool. Um, yeah, interesting to see what was pretty much already a movie being made into a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure the film will feature such highlights as Invisible Walls, uh, Heather's protagonist, and will be the first full-length feature to bring universal nausea as audiences endure an unlocked frame rate, often drifting into the single digits. <laughs> Shots no, fired at Firewatch. I know, I love Firewatch. It was a good game. Didn't they? It was. It became playable. Uh, it did. It was a really good game once the frame rate was uh, was sorted. Um, but yeah, no. Firewatch. So that's going to be uh, be an interesting one. I think the voice acting was so damn good in that game. I don't know anyone can beat that. 
So it was great. Yeah, I mean that was the thing that people touted as as the thing that that really carried that game. Is it, it absolutely was. Mm. Yeah, the, the, you know, it looked it looked pretty cool as well. But it was made in Unity again, uh, so there was some weird sort of you'd go up to a wall and you couldn't you couldn't walk like right up to the wall because there'd be invisible. Like it's just that sort of immersion breaking things mm. that are just mm. in, in games made in, in Unity. It's still um, twenty four bucks on Steam as well, so I'm still out. Still too. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Have you not played it yet? Nah. Yeah, no. No. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd recommend giving it a bite. Maybe when it gets down to like 15. Yeah. Pick it up then. But yeah. So yeah, keep an eye on that one. Uh, next question here. Which previously console exclusive franchise is reportedly coming to PC next year? With one point, Alphazar. I'd have to know this one. Destiny. Destiny is correct. Um, it is the Destiny universe, or probably Destiny Two, mm. which will be out uh, no doubt be out next year. Uh, most likely coming with a Best Buy voucher or some Red Bull or some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for that. Uh, but you might be able to get your um, unlimited, you know, uncapped frame rate. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you've been after, so yeah, cool. keep an eye out for that one. Oh, Bungie going sick. back to their PC roots uh, as they originally made Marathon. Um, PC and um, Halo One, uh, or two. I, think. I don't think Halo was on Games for Vista. Yeah, <laughs> Games for Vista. What a <laughs> when that was a thing. <laughs> Halo Three never came to PC, did it? It didn't. No, there was that weird <laughs> German or Russian Halo game they did, which was Halo Three multiplayer on PC. Right. Um, and Bungie let them do it for a while, but then it disappeared. I don't know what happened. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let me just. Shot this down. Cool. So, Valthazar, you've got two points so far. Regan, I don't believe you've got any. No, thanks for that. Thanks for the reply. <laughs> I was just checking it. Just, just oh, checking. man. I, uh, yeah. I just haven't even had a chance to read the news this week. This is okay. This is all right. Next, if, if I don't get any well, next week... You might, you might get this next question because it's uh, Ubisoft, your favourite uh, game developer. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, next question. Ubisoft game designer Marcel Ansel teased the return of a beloved franchise on his Instagram this week. But what was it he posted, and what what game was it teasing? Begin. I have no idea, but I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say it was uh, Assassin's Creed, and he was he was teasing um, um, make your own tower kit. <laughs> that unfortunately is not correct. That would be. Uh, too much of a parody, I think, <laughs> if that actually happens. Some sort of um, tower defense Assassin's Creed. Balthazar. Um, mine's a guess, and I apologize profusely if the developers of this game are not Ubisoft. Um, but for whatever reason, I feel that Rayman was a Ubisoft game. And now, you, you are correct. Rayman is a Ubisoft game. It was published by Ubisoft. But and it, what, what was the rest you were going to say there? Uh, I, I don't know. That I have no idea what the tweet would have been, but that's something about Rayman coming back. It's not Rayman, unfortunately, but uh, Rayman is definitely a Ubisoft property. It's made in the Ubi artwork. Uh, it was Ubi a beloved, art beloved franchise. Yeah, well, Rayman's pretty awesome. It's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool, pretty freaking cool game. Yeah, made, made with Ubi art, like um, Child of Light mm. and uh, Valiant Hearts. Um, quite, quite an interesting engine um, that, that, that's in the UBR thing. So, unfortunately, it's not. But the Ubisoft game that was teased in the last week uh, was Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. So that, that the uh, Marcel Ansel, uh, who was the game designer for Beyond Good and Evil, the original, 
uh, posted a piece of uh, what looks to be concept artwork on his Instagram for Beyond Good and Evil 2. Now, Beyond Good and Evil 2 was teased back in E3 2008, uh, and then in 2009, Ubisoft actually completely denied they even teased it, uh, despite <laughs> it being video evidence of wow. fact. Uh, so it looks like they're going back on that again, and because um, they retweeted uh, this, this, this bloke. Um, so it sounds like Beyond Good and Evil was actually in the works. Um, so not too sure what's going on there, Ubisoft. Maybe make your bloody mind up. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, no, no points for anyone on that one, I'm afraid. Next question here. The newest episode of Eidos's Hitman 2016, uh, which has just been recently released. Where's it set? Where's episode five set? Regan. Did they finally do E3? <laughs> they haven't done E3. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just don't know any of these answers. I should know this one. I should know yeah. this one. I played. I, th- I thought. I thought you might. I thought you might be in on the Hitman question, but uh, yeah. doesn't doesn't sound like it. Any 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 guesses there, Balthazar? Um, uh, Montreal. Ooh, that's a that's a great guess, actually, a very educated guess. Uh, but no, it's not Montreal, unfortunately. That would be quite fun, uh, <laughs> considering a lot of people in Montreal are very rude. Very rude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also a lovely city, and there's lots of lovely people there, but there's other <laughs> people as well. Uh, no, the new episode of Hitman is set in Colorado in the USA, state oh. of Colorado. So taking a step back from previous exotic locations, such as Italy, France, and Marrakesh, episode 5 sees players mucking around Colorado. Uh, presumably the actual hitmanning won't be this difficult this time around as Colorado is one of the few states that permis- permits concealed carry of firearms. Mm. So this, I wonder <laughs> if maybe this is, because I remember when they originally teased the new hitman, um, you know, there were all those trailers of him in kind of like the snow and mm. he's walking about in the snow. I wonder if yeah. that's where it's getting to now. Um, yeah, interesting. It, it, could, it could be. I mean, it's a controversial choice considering Colorado does not have a great history with guns. Mm. Um, they had Columbine, they had the Dark Knights, Aurora shooting, they've had a couple of other ones as well. It's not it's not, it's not, great, but um, he's hoping Idas pops us into Florida next so we can simply have the target come onto our property and shoot them then. <laughs> All right, no points for anyone on that one either, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, next question. Sony, still suffering residual 4K burns, has recently announced that the Division Forward Works is back in action after a rough start around Vita launch time. What the hell do these guys do? Officer. Vita stuff. <laughs> not, not, I can't quite give you that, I'm afraid. They're, technically, yes, but <laughs> the, that's pretty broad. <laughs> Regan. Did they... Maybe they announced like something that shouldn't have been announced, or uh, something along those lines. Four K Vitas. <laughs> Who knows? No, no, no I'm, I'm afraid not. Uh, this was actually a, an official announcement from Sony. So Forwardworks is a division handling mobile and smartphone gaming. Uh, the first iteration of this was PlayStation Mobile, and it failed miserably back when the Ouya left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, and no <laughs> one really wanted to play, uh, you know, really decent. Um, IPs on, you know, a, a shitty version of decent IPs, essentially. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm sure we can all look forward to such exclusives as Little Big Samsung Galaxy, 
and the last firmware. <laughs> Alrighty, no points for anyone. Oh, you, you guys need to start to start brushing up on your news. I think. Oh, big time! It's been a tough couple of weeks. Eh? Yeah, it's been hard. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, playing all those games, Regan. It's it's a hard life, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You've really got to, you know, prioritize your time. And sometimes, you know, it's just it's just tough. <laughs> Well, after that sub story, we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Which character will be making an appearance as an NPC in Ukulele? Now, this is a well-known, relatively well-known character, and they're an indie character. Oh, you said indie. Yeah, I already buzzed in. You can, um, you can, you can, you can say whatever you want. Uh, I don't know, indie characters. What's the indie <laughs> game? Quick. Indie, uh, Super Meat Boy. <laughs> no, it's not Super Meat Boy. Although you're kind of in the right vein. Regan? Maybe that yeah, that Yarn one? Yarny? No, not Yarny from Unravel. No, unfortunately not the uh, We Charismatic Yarn guy. We were looking for Shovel Knights. Oh. Shovel Knights, uh, the wee medieval pixel art landscaper, will be making an appearance in Platonic's ukulele as a quest giver. Uh, ukulele is due 2017, and the other NPCs announced for the game are, include Kartos, who's a minecart eerily reminiscent of a very angry Ashen Greekman, <laughs> and a snake called Trouser. So it's feeling, <laughs> it's feeling pretty rare. Uh, Platonic has, uh, had some people who used to work at Rare, uh, Rare Software, so um, I'm looking forward to that a lot because I love Rare. They're a great developer, or well, they used to be. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to the next question here. The Advertising Standards Authority in the UK have recently launched an inquiry into the misleading marketing of No Man's Sky. But when was the last tweet from Sean Murray's at No Man's Sky Twitter account? So I'll just tell you, you get two points for, you get a point for the month, a point for the day, and a bonus point if you can summarise what the gist of, uh, of of what he said in that last tweet was. Uh, I want to say June the 30th, and the summary of the tweet was, uh, we are working hard on supporting No Man's Sky, or something like that. I'll give you one point for that, Regan. I won't reveal what the one point's for until Balthazar gives his... Uh, this one. Yep. Balthazar. It was fact, factually. <laughs> August the fifteenth, and it was don't listen, Mum, they're just jealous. <laughs> you also get one point for that. So Regan, your point was for the summation of the tweet, which you were you were pretty pretty bang on with. The tweet verbatim was we're totally focused on customer support right now. Then we'll move on to improving and adding features to the game and a thumbs up emoticon. Ooh, yeah, and Balthazar, you get the month, which was August, uh, but it was August the 18th, that, oh, that the last tweet from right. Sean Murray's No Man's Sky uh, Twitter account was yeah, made. They have been quiet for a long time. Eh? They have been quiet for a long time. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this uh this advertising standards um, shenanigans. I wanted to believe for such a long time that, you know, uh, they, they, were, they were fine, they were just a small company, they were doing their best, but something stinks, boys. Yeah, oh, something stinks hard. I think, although from what I remember reading, it was, I think the advertising standards kind of complaint was more against Steam. 
Um, yeah, a lot of it was centered around Steam because there were so many. Well, Steam obviously has you know millions and millions and millions of users, and there were so many irate bad reviews and and um, essentially the trailers not advertising things like factions and um, mm. you know other bits and pieces that weren't, as far as we know, actually in the game. Actually, ever in the game? Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Maybe in the future, although. At present, the silence tells me that this game might be done. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love for them to come out with like in a month's time, come out with like a hey, here's a big fucking two point patch. Yeah, and it fills in all of the gaps. But I think you're right, man. I think I think we might have seen the, the demise of Hello Games. Yeah, the the radio silence speaks more than Sean Murray ever could, <laughs> <laughs> which is saying a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. He has said some a lot of things, uh, a lot of things. So, um, yeah, no, you guys get one point each for that one. Um, so that's all good. All right, in the last two days, Mafia 3 has caused some stirs due to something to do with its release. Can anyone tell me what's got people's knickers in a twist? Alphazar. That they keep putting an unskippable 30-second fucking ad in front of every YouTube video anyone tries to watch. <laughs> though and probably factual. Mafia 3, even though it's not out yet, because all they get is Mafia 3 when they're trying to watch something else. Though probably factual, uh, not the one I was looking for. I, I, I use an ad blocker, so I've never seen these, but I will take your word for it. <laughs> uh, Regan, any oh, ideas? Of course. Like, this is the thing. Like This is the only game I've been like looking at in the past week or so. Yeah. Except for the last couple of days. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is would you call it like controvert like is it causing controversy? Was that um, it's 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 not it's not um, you know, it's something that's pretty ambiguous and it's something that happens to games relatively often. Is there a huge but day it's something, one patch? Uh, no, it's not a, it's not a huge day one patch. Mm. It's been delayed. No, it hasn't been delayed either. It's it's something relatively innocuous, but it is Day associated. No, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to end the guesses there. <laughs> it's uh, so review copies of the game will not be given out prior to the release. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So there's been an, there's, the embargo won't be lifted until until after the game comes out. Uh, so the game is set to be released in five days' time. And uh, these copies won't be going out to journalists prior to the release. This can sometimes be a sign of quality or lack thereof. Uh, but we also need to keep in mind that the same thing happened to Doom, and that was probably one of the best games of the year. Mm. So uh, time will tell on that one, I think, on old uh, Mafia 3. I'm, I'm, I think, Regan, you're definitely the most excited of us uh, for it. Yeah, I am I'm, I even saw it when Balthazar opened up Steam just before, and it was on the front page of Steam, I guess, I'm assuming, as a pre-order. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped for it, eh? I'm, I'm sort of still trying to toss up whether I want to get it on Steam or on on PS4, just so that I can kind of get a gauge of, of how it plays on PS4. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm totally getting it, absolutely, 100%. Good stuff, so you'll be picking that one up on uh, on release day, will you? Yeah, for sure. Um, nice. And uh, look forward to a review not there long after. Very nice, very nice. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward pull to... Some, pull some all-nighters to make it happen. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm all about people and giving them what they want. So Definitely, man. Dedication to the cause, that's what yeah. we're after. I'm looking back to going back to uh, New Orleans. I've been there in real life and had an absolute blast. Uh, Bourbon Street is the debauchery central. Uh, that's where, you know, all, all sorts of shenanigans 
happen, which I won't go into details on what those are. <laughs> but the, that leads me to the final question, guys. Final question of this uh, this episode of um, Seven Days and Not Two, but Not Exceeding Another Seven Days. PlayStation Plus games for October have been released, or are at least have been announced, maybe not in New Zealand, uh, been released, because we always get them way later than everyone else, which sucks ass. Um, but uh, can you guys tell me the PlayStation Plus games? I'm looking for six games, and there's a point for every game. Alphazar. I only know one, uh, Transformers Devastation. That's correct. Platinum <laughs> Games Transformers Devastation is one of those. For PS4, which I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, I, I remember you saying it was really good. Or, yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed decent. it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to picking that one up. This is frustrating uh, because this is another thing where I looked the other day. I was like, I wonder what the PlayStation Plus games are going to be, <laughs> and it was like two or three days before they were announced. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll check that later on. And I check it before now. <laughs> Should have checked. Should have checked. Should have checked. I Eddie, no you want to take take a mad stab? Um. Uh, I'll tell you one of the. I'll tell you guys one of the. Because um, there's you know there's usually two two for each Vita, two PS3, two PS4. Well, the other PS4 one that's not Transformers is a horror title. Until Dawn. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. But no. Uh, I got nothing. No horror title. Horror title. It's going to be too easy if I say anything more. Mm, Revamped no. horror title. Nah. No? Okay, so that one was Resident Evil HD, oh, or Resident nice. Evil, the Resident Evil remake, essentially, uh, for PS4. Cool. So that those were the two... only two I saw, because you linked that video to us, and I never <laughs> watched the video, I just looked at the thumbnail, which had uh, Resident Evil and Transformers on it. And I was the, like, oh, those, that looks pretty good. <laughs> those are the only two I would have mentioned, because I can't play PS3 or video games. <laughs> but I'll tell you the rest of them. Yep. Uh, so we've got... Resident Evil uh, Remake, PS4, Transformers Devastation for PS4. PS3, we've got Max Riders, which I have absolutely no idea what that is. Mm. Uh, From Dust, uh, which I remember being some sort of building oh, thing. From Dust. It was some sort of environment, sort of um, uh, geoforming type top-down game or something like that. Maybe with aspects of Age of Empires Civilization type stuff in there. Uh, we also have for Vita. Now, I don't understand what this title is. I'm assuming it's Japanese because it's got a whole bunch of subtitles and things. So it's called Code, uh, and then colon Realize Squiggly Line Guardian of Rebirth Squiggly Line. <laughs> I'm not too sure if the squiggly lines are stylized as part of the title or what's going on there. Uh, but yeah, that one. I'm I'm not sure anyone's heard of that. And the final one for Vita is called Actual Sunlight, which presumably is just some sort of uh, photosynthesis simulator or... Maybe it's just like a torch app kind of thing. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> a torch application for the PlayStation Vita. I've Googled Code Realize and still can't work out what it is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a whole load of pictures. Just I go, think babe. it might be a visual novel, maybe. Ah, Okay, is it manga? Oh, no, that's Vita. That class, I thought that was a PS1 game. Um, yeah, no, no idea. There's a dude called Lupin in it. I only use my fists to speak with people at your level. Oh, well, it could All be... Right. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the hell that thing is, but um, it's probably rubbish. 
Anyway, that brings us to the end of the quiz and the total points for that one. Regan, you got two. Balthazar, you got four. Did I get two points? You got two points, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> You're on 11 and uh, 21 for Balthazar are the, the, the grand totals at the moment. <laughs> so just about doubling Regan's. look he has on his face right now. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, that's us. Uh, that's that's seven days, not two, but not exceeding another seven days for another two weeks. Mm. And we may be back next time, or we might have something new up our sleeves. So keep tuned for that. Now, let's move on to the final part of the podcast. We've been going back through uh, everyone's top ten video games of all time. Mm-hmm. So far, we've had uh, Balthazar talk uh, Warcraft, Warcraft three. It was. Yep. 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 And. Um, have we had any others, or has that been the only one so far? It's been anywhere. Yeah. Regan, do you want to kick into your, your first of your uh, top ten, man? Absolutely, and this one is... I mean, if, if you know me and you know my, my, my gaming, this one seemed, is going to be really obvious, but probably up there, if not the top, is Red Dead Redemption. Um, and it's one that a lot of people really love, uh, and you know, for, for obvious reasons, but I've, I've got to mention it. I'm not sure whether either of you guys are going to have it on your list. Um, it probably wouldn't be on my list, though I do appreciate it a lot. It's a fantastic game. Mm, mm. It's um, it's the kind of thing where it, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the thing about Red Dead Redemption to me is it has all of the really good, like the, the solid mechanics of a, of a Rockstar game, but it's it has really good, like the, the main protagonist, John Marston, is is a really really solid character for for the kind of the genre that they were going for that whole you know, spaghetti western kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, for me, the, the best part about that game is that balance between the open landscapes and, I guess, that feel of, of being alone and, uh, and you know, it being quite a sparse sort of open kind of world and, and setting that tone um, with the sort of the grittiness of, of people just kind of survive and, and surviving and the whole kind of west grinding to a halt and, and, and sort of changing into a, into a new world. Yeah, I think it's for me. It's not necessarily yet about you know the gameplay or or you know hunting animals to, to craft new gear or outfits or anything like that. Not necessarily so much the mechanics, um, but it's it's that that vibe and that feeling that they created with with Red Dead Redemption. Right, right. When you when you ride out onto a moonlit uh, you know plane and there's cacti and coyotes howling in the distance and stuff, it's it's one of the most you know, lonesome games in, in the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's it's that kind of level of detail that they that they really kind of sunk into it. Um, and, then, you know, they obviously brought out a bit of DLC down the track as well. Um, do you the un- the Undead Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, Which, fa- fantastic add-on there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that, that kind of just, it, it sort of took those same themes and, I think the beauty of that that um, DLC as well was that, like, you know, they they knew that they had nailed the the, the kind of the brief on the first game, and they sort of I, I assume they said to themselves, you know, we can't really try and just add on more story because we can't just have more of the same. What's something that's totally different that we can do that will play off the strengths of this little world that we've built? Right. Um, and I think when you consider that, you know, they the game is really you know it has that kind of feel and that mood to it. And then when you throw zombies into the mix, because you're feeling so isolated and you, you have that feeling of just being out on John's farm and then these fucking zombies come out of nowhere and, you know, you've got to figure it out. I think that works really well. Um, 
And then you've just got, you know, just solid mechanics like the horse riding and things like that feels really good. Um, you know, the dead eye is really fun. Uh, just, yeah, they basically nailed it. And I think it's, for me, it's it's up there with my, you know, definitely in the top half of my top 10 list. Um, Would it be your favourite Rockstar game? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which, yep. which is saying a lot because I'm a huge fan of Rockstar's games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. It'd be the kind of thing where when Red Dead 2 comes out or Red Dead whatever you want to call it, yep. um, I will... Maybe take a month off work or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> take a month off work. <laughs> Maybe not a month, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you'll get that get that beard going. The beard, even even more so. Oh, you take a month off work and just just stay in your lounge or in your room. <laughs> just come yeah. out as this as this caveman. <laughs> yeah, <emerge. absolutely>. I <laughs> mean, yeah, it would just mean that I don't have to maintain the beard. So I mean, that's, <laughs> that's true. Be, yeah, it would, you it would you end up with a Tom Hanks castaway style. Exactly. Uh, scraggly. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever touch on uh, or play the, the multiplayer again? Uh, a little bit, I did, yeah. Yeah. Just, just a little bit, um, which was okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I think, sort of thinking back on it, it was the first game where I had, uh, had experienced multiplayer where there were kind of like, there was also sort of an inbuilt sort of leveling up system and things. Um, yeah. And, and I enjoyed that side of things. It was the first time I'd seen that, and was was I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, the the multiplayer I didn't get into too much. Um, so you you had a bit of a thrash on it, eh? A wee bit, yeah. I mean, the multiplayer was essentially the uh, the alpha of um, GTA Five, no GTA Online, um, mm. wherein it had your the entire world, and you had a party of. I think back on those consoles, it was only about 12 people, so it was pretty tricky to run into someone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you all were just put in that same server and, and able to run around on that, in that same world. Mm. Um, and it was pretty damn awesome. What, one of the things that I really love about uh, Rockstar's games, especially Max Payne, especially Red Dead, is the power of, of the bullets. The, the power they give to bullets in those games is pretty mm. incredible. Like, you play a game like COD or... Battlefield, where you're just spraying the shit out of an MP4 or something, bullets flying everywhere, it'll hit someone and you'll feel like a tiny little bit of, um, you know, haptic feedback or something in the controller. In Red Dead, you fire one bullet maybe, it'll hit a dude in the chest, he'll go down and scream and, like, crawl around on the ground. Like, one bullet, it, that, it gives so much power and, you know, gives a realism to, yeah. to the firearms and, and what you've actually done. Mm. And the... The, the like blood decals and things in, in those games are really great too. Like, they're uh, fantastic, yeah. yeah. I, the, there's one in Red Dead where they did... I, I'm still surprised they got away with this without an R18. There's one where if you shoot someone in the head, the entire back part of the head will blow out. <laughs> it, like, it looks like you've shot them with a hollow point bullet or something. It's mm. just got this horrific exit wound on the back. Yeah, and if, and you're, it, in, oh, if you're in like sort of the dead eye, you see it just kind of spray off into the into the mist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real because I'm, you know, I'm the sort of I have that sort of morbid curiosity in games where I go and examine my handiwork after I've done the deed. <laughs> so this is me going up to corpses and being like, oh, oh yeah, now I can see sort of part of your brain now. That's pretty grim. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> but, well done. yeah, no, no, Red Dead is, is a phenomenal game. And, um, you know, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to, to the newest version of it. Those, those horse muscles will never be topped. The horse muscles. Yeah, just when you're running on a horse and you see every muscle like moving in its ass. <laughs> Fantastic. 
it's uh, yeah, it's classic Abe's clock physics. It, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm paying attention to the arse of horses and exit wounds in people's heads. Yeah, it's uh, no, that's great, Regan. Thank you very much for that. We'll uh, we'll do another top ten next week. That'll be me. Um, so I'll be jumping into my my first of my top ten. And until then, I think that's just about us for this uh, this fortnight. So stay uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you again in two weeks. See you later. Ciao. Don't want to say goodbye. No. <laughs> <laughs>